0: Welcome to Divine Renewal Radio with Miriam Jano. Divine Renewal Radio is a portal where we share the joy of remembering, reconnecting, and reclaiming our dreams, hopes, and desires. Here, you're not alone. You're seen and heard and witnessed by a sisterhood of courageous women stepping forward together into healing ourselves and each other, sharing insights, questions, tools, inspiration, connection, and our personal journeys. I'll be talking with inspiring leaders and entrepreneurs who are walking beside us on the path of the sacred feminine, sharing insights and exploration on matters of mind, body, emotion, and spirit. What does true well-being look like? How do we find a place of balance in our lives? What does it really mean to embody our divine feminine nature? Welcome to the Divine Renewal Radio, my sister. I am your host, Miriam Jano.
1: Dear Jenna. How are you? And thank you so much for being on our show. Mm,
2: I'm so honored to be here and excited to be able to talk to you today.
1: Mm, absolutely. It's, um, we've had so many conversations in the past, and it's amazing just to finally be able to share this mm-hmm. with the people who are listening to this what's going to be a wonderful segment just because i can already feel how heartfelt and intimate this conversation is going to be yes there's so much to talk to you that you can talk about that is it's so helpful to all of us women mm-hmm. one of the things that we briefly spoke about is that and we even see this of course in your book which we'll speak about later on
2: mm-hmm.
1: And it's that everything in life is a relationship. Yes. And while we have so many self-help books and so many people and so many leaders telling us about how to stay positive or, or you know, follow these steps and you'll be positive or practice mm-hmm. these things and be positive, the truth of the matter is that the word relationship is so so huge and so important because everything in life is a relationship. Yes. So please share share with us and teach us the valuable lessons that mm-hmm. you yourself have learned and that you help others with with when it comes to relationships.
2: Yeah. Well, um, I, I think in some ways it's, I've arrived at this. Uh, um, it, have you heard the, the saying that when you're a carpenter, everything looks like a nail? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a relationship coach. So I tend to see everything through the lens of um relationship you know what what is my relationship to this what is your relationship to this and it's not just you know we think of when most of the time and this is true for me too when i think of the word relationship or the idea of relationship i immediately go to intimate relationships you know with your your um your romantic partner whoever that might be um or your love life in general <laughs> and um but then I, I, it started occurring to me that um that the way that people are relating to themselves to their own um authentic inner being to their soul to their source whatever you want to call it the way that people relate to that part of themselves. informs the way that they experience all of their relationships. And so I I kind of started from that place that the importance of um, making peace with yourself, being willing to um, honor and experience the changes and the dynamics of one's life experience. And I think the reason that we chose to come into physical form instead of just staying in non-physical and, you know, um, basking in that kind of light forever more. <laughs> um, so, you know, here we are and we're having these very human experiences filled with all of its, um you know, it's change and it's challenge and it's difficulty and it's pain and it's wondrousness and it's magic and all of the different aspects of it. And when people are able to have fulfilling relationships with people outside of them, it's almost always, I I hesitate to say always, um, I've always seen it to be the case that the people who are able to have fulfilling relationships with those outside of them, are, able, are the people who have really solid, healthy, successful relationships with themselves, mm-hmm. with their, their higher self, with their inner self, whatever you decide to call it. Um,
1: but and, yeah, now one of the yeah. things that's coming to mind as you're speaking is yeah. where, where do we even begin mm-hmm. teaching? Uh, when I think of where I learned my relationship with myself. Mm-hmm it was self-discovery, like yeah. how, how, where do we learn this and how can we learn what a solid or what is even a solid relationship with
2: yourself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, um, this, I, my idea of this, my understanding of this has evolved a lot over the years. Um, one of the the ways that I, I got to my current um, perspective is through my work with horses. So Um, I, I'm trained in equine facilitated experiential learning, which is, um, sort of a fancy way of saying, basically learning about yourself, self-development through, um, experiences with horses and horses are, I could go on and on and on forever about the magic that is horses. But, Mm -hmm. but one of the things that they, um, embody, and, you know, is sort of a central tenet to who they are is that they are, they, they are very physically present. You know, they, they um, are solidly grounded in their physical form. And they also, in a way, sort of represent the bridge between physical and non-physical. And, um, you know, in a lot of indigenous cultures, that, that's sort of the role of the horse. And, um, and so uh, my work with horses started with I've always been a horse lover, but I never really totally understood
1: Me too, by the way just so you know.
2: Oh, really our cool. who
1: don't know about it. I started horseback riding at the age of six.
2: Oh, I did my, not know that. It was my another thing that we have in common.
1: <laughs> and, and I just fell in love. I mean, yeah. I Canada I had never seen a horse. We mm-hmm. went to Colombia and it was like... A uh, a uh, uh, a love affair. It yeah. was. It was like, where have you been? I we've been here. Mm-hmm. Before. And so yes, I totally understand what yeah. you're saying about horse yeah. spirit of horses.
2: Yes, awesome. That's so cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I
2: Love learning more about you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and but even for people who haven't been around horses, there's sort of a, a mystical, um, a kind of epic way that we perceive them. You know, some people are terrified of them and other people are just madly in love with them. And, you know, but very few people are just kind of like on the fence about them. You know, people have pretty strong feelings about horses. Um, but, but one of the things that, that is always really um, important, I think, in in the the things that I've learned from them is that Wherever you are, there you are. You know. So whatever is coming up for you, like when we, I would go into a session with a horse, um, whether I was actually the client in the, in a certain case, or if I was co-facilitating a session for one of my clients with a horse, um, the the horse is always going to meet you where you are and going to give you the the information, the wisdom the healing, whatever it is that you're needing in that moment. So the, the aspects of the horse's, um, personality, um, or horse I guess you might call it mm-hmm. are, um, are, are, I mean, they have so many different ways of interacting and of communicating and, um, and they don't try to change it to be different for you and they don't try to be polite so that you can you know feel okay um they they are just authentically powerfully themselves and they're reflecting and interacting with your energy so if what you're needing in that moment in that session is to um to just Feel what it feels like to be really stable and solid and grounded because everything in your life is chaos Then they will help you to feel that and you will never forget what that feels like again (laughs) And if you're if you're feeling you know if you're feeling like taken advantage of by someone or Like people are always kind of walking all over you then they'll teach you how to set boundaries so that you can be safe and secure in those relationships. And um, if, if you tend to cross other people's boundaries, if you tend to, you know, be the one who's kind of always needing or always taking, then they will teach you how to understand and respect other people's boundaries. So it is, it's where whatever it is that you're most needing that will be in your sort of highest and best interest in that moment is what the horses will give you. Um, and so, so for me, starting to learn how to do that work and how to f- co-facilitate with the horses is um, kind of what brought me to that understanding of, of what, where we need to start in terms of being able to successfully have relationships with anyone. And, and being able to come into the present moment and listen to the wisdom of my own body And, um, and, you know, I started teaching really that main thing, because I think it's so vitally important that we understand our bodies as not just these clumps of matter that we, you know, go around in that they are, um, that th- our bodies have wisdom, and our bodies are constantly trying to communicate with us, and we are always, <laughs> are, you know, we're never taught to really listen to that. Well, you this know, is like- it.
1: That's what I was gonna. Uh, mm-hmm. I, that's a question that sparked as you were talking about the horses and mm-hmm. the therapy. Is it always clear to us what what is being said to us? Just in general, um, how 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 do we become Aware and what mm-hmm. steps need to be taken take mm-hmm. within ourselves to understand even that wisdom to even begin um, to realize mm-hmm. that what is unfolding in front of us is has messages. Yes, and yeah. most of the times these messages, of course, lead to what needs to most be healed within mm-hmm.
2: ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, well. So, um, I always start with noticing, so not trying to change anything or make it be different or putting all sorts of expectations or projections or preconceived notions or any of that on this, this relationship, but just starting out by noticing, by, you know, creating an intentionality around the, I, this, that kind of a curiosity about like, what might this relationship look like? If I were to know myself better, if I were to understand my own body's wisdom better, what might that look like? And just kind of start from that perspective so that it it creates space for that relationship to develop. Yeah. Just like with, you know, um, when you first meet someone who you're interested in for whatever reason, whether it's, you're interested in them as a potential love partner, or you're interested in them as a potential friend or a potential business partner or whatever, whatever it is, you don't just dive right in and be like, you know, and talk to them in the same way that you would somebody you had known for a long time. And you, you don't, you know, uh, jump into the middle of a conversation that you've been having with yourself um, without kind of like letting them in on it. Like you start small and you start with, you know, one, one particular area of conversation and you talk and you exchange ideas and Uh you allow yourself to be vulnerable and you allow them to be vulnerable and you, you know, it's, it's a dynamic changing, shifting experience and it's always growing. But if you start with just that one idea that I'm just curious about what my body might have for me here. I'm curious about what this relationship might look like. Then you're, uh, and I have never seen this not be the case. Your body will be like, here's all these things I want to say to you. You know, it will, it, it will respond. And, um, and everybody has a different, I think of it as like an energetic sort of signature. The, the way that you interact with your body and your relationship with your body and its wisdom is going to look and feel different than my way of interacting with my body and my relationship with my body. And the same goes for everyone. We all have a different dynamic to our relationship and that's really cool. So, so I can't, I can't like write a prescription and be like, here's what your relationship needs to look like with your body or here's the message that your body is trying to give you right now. But what I can do is give people tools um, so that they can start to explore what that language looks like for their relationship with their body. And so
0: and, oh, you touch on
1: so many interesting topics. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things, of course, is, I mean, there's so many things I want to say right now, but mm-hmm. one of them is... Um, you speak about the importance of this relationship relationship with your body and staying mm-hmm. you know the inquiry and asking questions mm-hmm. what happens if our past hurts and betrayals with our within our own selves mm-hmm. forget let alone the people around us that have uh, betrayed us and made us Obviously, hurt us and just cross boundaries, especially mm-hmm. whether it's um, anti-Semitism, racism, physical abuse. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's there's an endless amount of things as women that we have become victims of, mm-hmm. and within ourselves, what? How do we begin that partnership? Where we, that partnership of 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 trust?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well I'll start by saying that um my my journey with trust and with uh, betrayal and that kind of thing has been um <laughs> long and winding we'll put it that way. So I um my my um perspective is is sort of always in a state of expansion I think but um I think in general that being being able to develop um, a, a safe and trusting and nurturing, fulfilling relationship with yourself and your own body is the first step to being able to heal from past pain and betrayal so that you can trust people outside of you. And so this is where I feel like it gets really important to, um, to uh, um, be curious about what it might look like. What would it look like if I trusted my body? And a lot of people who have, you know, chronic illnesses, um, or, you know, any sort of other physical thing can feel like they've been betrayed by their own body. So the idea that it's their, their, their body trying to communicate with them, um, is you know, a lot of times people are like, well, no, no, thanks. I'm all set, you know. I'm not really interested in having that kind of relationship with my body because my body has always let me down, um, and I totally get that. You know, I I, I think that's a completely reasonable um, way to feel, and I also think that there there's um, there's a, there's a huge opportunity for um, for growth and for forward movement mm-hmm. if you can allow yourself to have those kinds of conversations in a really open way with your body, with yourself, in the same way that you would want to be able to have those with somebody else outside of you. Because if you can't talk about that with yourself, with your own higher self, with your own body, then it's going to be really hard to have those conversations with somebody outside of you. And those conversations are what allow you to feel really connected to others and connected to that source or that, you know, the universe, or again, whatever you want to call it. Um so so if you
1: just- something so important, Jenna, because as beings, we're not meant to go through this process alone. Yes. And yet healing and having an intimate relationship with ourselves is so essential before we can even begin to attract the support. Mm-hmm. that we need, and mm-hmm. our partners, and our friends, and, 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 and the network, yeah. people that we need, and so yeah. comes this vicious cycle mm-hmm. of of feeling alone, feeling as and not being supported, and yet we're not supporting ourselves, right, and how do we break that cycle, how do we, how do we get out of it, but the awareness alone, like I, for listeners, I just really, really, What you have just said, Jen, in the last two sentences is so huge. Mm -hmm. And I just really want to hold on to that because so many of us women feel so deprived from love, from true, authentic love. And I get endless and endless amounts of uh, comments about, I feel alone. And usually when we are alone is because we've abandoned ourselves.
2: Yes. Yes, totally. Or, Or there, there's also, um, another component of this that I think is really important, which is, um, are you familiar with the, the book, The Big Leap? Yes, of course. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So a, a lot of times I, you know, the, this, our experiences and what, what we have, um, up until this point, um, the way that we've sort of woven a story around our experiences is what will lead to, you know, what feels comfortable to you. So even if things have not been working out the way you you wanted them to in any area of your life, or you're, you haven't been successful in certain areas, or um, you haven't met the man of your dreams, or you know, um, you haven't been able to run that marathon that you've wanted to run or whatever thing it is that, that you haven't gotten to. It's big big, or small, big Big or or small. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's all, it's all, um, kind of part of your comfort zone, your status quo, you know, the, the, that's all what you've experienced is what you will be comfortable with. And anytime we try to expand beyond or up level out of our comfort zones we're going to end up creating some sort of what what the author of the big leap gay Hendricks, calls um upper limit problems <laughs> and that can look like a number of different things for some of us that means like um getting sick you know let our bodies um if in some way stop functioning the way that we want them to. Um, so, you know, I've, I've, I've experienced myself. This is, this is one of my upper limit problems. That if I have something that I'm going to do, that's like a really big shift for me. That's like a, you know, um, something that feels pretty scary and it's going to make me have to get outside of my comfort zone, I will very often get sick right beforehand <laughs> like some What's sort of happening there Jenna
1: mm-hmm. is it that we're sabotaging ourselves or... yeah
2: yeah it's a sort of it's a kind of self sabotage and it's not like a conscious thing like i 'm going to get sick so i don't have to do this thing it's like our 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 body is kind of working with our what I call Um, your, your inner critic or your monkey mind or uh, your, you know, lizard brain, whatever you want to call it, Um, your, your ego, that rational mind part of you is going like, it doesn't matter what the thing is. If it's, if it's outside of your comfort zone, it's not safe. (laughs) Oh God, you know, also, and it sounds all the alarms and then all of these things happen. Like, you get sick or like you start a fight with your, your, um, your best friend or like you, you know, everybody sort of has different ways of self-sabotaging to keep ourselves safe. So it's a coping mechanism. It's a coping mechanism. Absolutely. It's a, it's, um, it, you know, it, it's a, it's something that like biologically we have, um, Created, we've evolved to have these really powerful um, instincts to stay safe. You know, like you you don't eat something that's different that you don't know because it could be poison. <laughs> so you stick to what you know. You eat what you know, and that's how human beings and all of the other animals that are on the planet um, and plants that are on the planet have like have gotten to to this point. Is by mostly by staying safe, staying and within a certain sort of status quo area and um so now we don't have this we don't have nearly as many things that make us have to be afraid or have to you know like if i'm going to um do like a public speaking thing let's say um and i'm feeling really nervous and i you know i feel like maybe i'll just maybe i'll just cancel it or maybe i'll just like you know, maybe something will come up and I just won't be able to go or whatever thing it is, you know, <laughs> that, that is my, um, that really ancient part of my brain uh-huh. trying to keep me safe. And, you know, so we get into like fight or flight mode and it's like, I'm not being chased by like a saber tooth tiger, but it feels the same, yes. you know, <laughs> so, um, The mind
1: doesn't know any different. Right. And, and that's, and, and also uh, something that I want to bring up on that note is that a lot of our listeners are women who, um, struggle, struggle with emotional eating, struggle Mm -hmm. with a lot of shame and guilt Mm -hmm. within themselves. Mm -hmm. And, um, a lot of these women also, um, like myself, we've had a past that has been difficult Mm -hmm. a past where we've been in situations that we've been, uh, victims of abuse. Yeah the mind doesn't know the difference of whether it has happened 20 years ago mm-hmm. or it's happening right now right and so how many times and how many well how many times a day do we repeat the same story over and over and over again mm-hmm. just reinforcing mm-hmm. that trauma hmm yeah. So one of the things that um you you're very big on is the law of attraction and mm-hmm. the importance of it. Mm-hmm. And please talk to like that's leading into this conversation. How can we, not how can we, but the shift, that expansion, the possibilities. How do we, how do we control that reptile brain that that which you're speaking about now? Yeah, how we feed it. Another story. Yeah, how do we write. It? A different story. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it, that, there's so many different ways I think that you can do that. The, um, it, it, so I want to just back up a little bit and um, talk about the law of attraction just as a concept, because I think, um, I think that people misunderstand it and misinterpret it or, yeah. or interpret it in a very superficial way. And Um, and I, my experience with the law of attraction has, um, has greatly changed over the years. And that is, you know, especially over the last year with, um, I feel like all of us experiencing sort of a collective trauma (laughs) around the elections last year and this whole year and the way that it's been, you know, I feel like there's, there's, um, so much, uh, kind of perception of, of the law of attraction is like a, it's either people think of it like you have to just be positive all the time and never ever feel bad and never have any negative thoughts. And, um, and you know, if people are being negative, like I've seen on like Facebook groups, for example, um, where people are like, you know, this is supposed to be a positive space and you're bringing your negative energy in here and, you know, they just wanna push that away. Mm. And what happens when you are pushing away anything that doesn't feel good, it's just gonna make it stronger. It's just gonna make it have more power over you. Um, I think of of it as like, you know, if I'm going to push against something, then I'm sort of telling myself that there's something to push against. So if I go up to a wall and I'm pushing against it, then I believe that there's a wall there and I'm not gonna be able to go anywhere. You know, I'm just gonna, we're just gonna kind of be pushing against each other and that's it, there's no, there's no movement, there's nowhere to really go from there. But if I were to allow for whatever is going on, you know, for, the, for the wall to be there, for example, um, then it doesn't have power over me anymore. It's something that's you know that I, I can I can decide what my relationship is with whatever that thing is that I'm not wanting to be part of my experience. So, and do
1: you think it's also important to feel the pain because yes. very quickly what I find that a lot of us women of our age group and millennials and so on and so forth mm-hmm. they quickly go for the Reiki treatment. the the acupuncture the dressing and white and meditation and let's just remove ourselves from what really is happening and let's call in the angels to actively work with them to to just (laughs) this pain
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes totally and there's a there's a name for that it's called spiritual bypassing Um, and um and it's it's such a I, I mean, I can totally relate to it because I've been there where, you know, and my experience of that, looking back now from my current perspective, I can totally see that what I was doing, you know, looking for somebody, else. can you just fix this? Can you just heal this? Can you just, and like, let's not talk about the negative emotions. Let's not talk about our pain. Let's not talk about any of that stuff. Let's just see the pot, like Im- immediately something bad happens like, oh, well, how can we fix this? You know? Yeah. Um and all that does is teach your brain that you have something to be afraid of, mm, yes. because otherwise why would you not want to experience experience it
1: and you're just reinforcing and reinforcing, mm-hmm. and more neurotransmitters yes. allowing, telling you that you're not
2: Yeah. Yep. yeah yeah so so I think there's a there's a really important you know something that has worked really well for me is if if I am listening to my own inner guidance and I'm talking about my body's guidance, my emotional guidance system. So the way that I'm feeling about something, Mm -hmm. if I'm feeling a particular emotion, that's information. That's telling me that whatever it is that I'm thinking about is not pointing me in the direction of what I'm ultimately wanting to experience. And if I try to make that go away, it's just going to get stronger. So, so you can use the, the basics of the law of attraction, like, you know, what you think about is what you get, that whatever story you're telling is what you're going to experience. You can use that while still being um, beneficial to your community and to yourself and to, you know, everyone that you're interacting with in a really deep, powerful way, if you are willing to go to these places. And, you know, I think, um, I think our tendency to want to just skim over things that feel uncomfortable to us is, um, is what has allowed so much of the pain and, and betrayal and, um, and hurt to continue the way it has, you know, you you mentioned anti-Semitism and, um I'm Jewish, so you know that is meaningful to me, but there's also there's a lot of things that um that I wish that people would um, give themselves the opportunity to explore a little bit with that so so I think of for example, after World war two um, Germany uh had a lot of <laughs> reconciliation that had to happen. And they really did, you know, like, as much as, um, as I understand it from over here, I'm not German. So I, you know, I I have never lived there. I've never even visited there. But, um, but I have uh, done a lot of research about this and have, you know, have talked to people who um, were a part of this process, where they really grapple with this you know, they, they grappled with it immediately after the war. They, they have, you know, they talk about it. They teach their children about what happened during World War II and the Holocaust. They, they have, have dealt with it. They're, you know, they're making amends. They're doing all of these things that in America and in a lot of other countries around the world, we have not done. We have not done that work. So we're still struggling with, racism and you know the pain of the way that this country was formed you know the um and if we had been willing to address and acknowledge and and be in those uncomfortable emotions without panicking or getting defensive or you know needing to be right or needing to have the upper hand or whatever then then the healing can happen from that place from that authentic place, um, then there can be an actual connection that happens. But as soon as somebody goes, "Mm -mm, no, no, we are not talking about that. You know, like that was a long time ago. Why are you still worrying about this? Or like, you know, you just need to think positive or those kinds of things. It's not, it just isn't, Helpful and, and we can.
1: Something, Dana, that we cannot oversee is that from generation to generation to generation, mm-hmm. the, the wound gets yes. And yes. deeper and deeper until it no longer can hold. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, it explodes. Yes. Point. Instead of being a much, a much more organic healing, mm-hmm. it just it, you can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, that's definitely without uh, losing our focus and getting too political, but the whole (laughs) speaking of not ignoring issues.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. It's hard for me to not go to that
1: place. It's It's hard not to talk about these things, about self-care and practices of self-love and self-care and and techniques that can personally help us so we can help Mm -hmm. our families, our community, and not talk about what we are all living in collectively. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's true. When uh, and I often say this, and of course, this is more. We do speak. We are for women and by women, and definitely uh, at some point, I don't know when I want to start bringing in the concept of the rise of the sacred masculine and teaching mm-hmm. our males mm-hmm. as well the importance of of the atrocities that we have been living under, which is obviously now public knowledge. And how is that so many men coming forth, wanting to learn, Mm -hmm. wanting to understand how can we help. Mm -hmm. But um, where I'm going with this is, is we as women, uh, we have a huge obligation in sisterhood because Mm -hmm. I always say when one woman um succeeds her doors are open and the doors of all the other women open up mm-hmm. as well. Yes, and the same thing is the other way mm-hmm. when one woman is screaming for help and we all ignore that scream mm-hmm. it really is the cry of all women
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely amen sister
1: <laughs> well <laughs> It's it's definitely definitely a tough
2: topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but can please. I just can I add something yes, to? Um, I was I have been thinking a lot about this particular um, idea for a while, and it's something that is not fully formed. So if it doesn't make sense, <laughs> feel free to be like Jana, what are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, but there's this thing that happens and when it happens it is so magical (laughs) or at least it feels this way to me but um when when somebody even if it's just online or you know in person is willing to be vulnerable and willing to say um this happened this is how this feels to me these are the emotions that are coming up for me. You know, this is like when I talk about it, I feel it, and they're willing to really go there. And then somebody else, you know, whether it's somebody who actually caused that, that pain or that hurt for that person, or if it's somebody sort of indirectly involved, um, when they're willing to say, I hear you. And, I, I'm listening and I, you know, I'm with you. I'm, I like, (laughs) tell me more about that. You know, I, I want to know what this feels like to you and, and I want to do better. You know, I want to do better for me. What you're, you're giving me this gift of being able to see where I might've fallen short in the past, or maybe I should, maybe this is something that I've done to somebody else, even if it's not something that I did to you specifically. Um, there, there's something really magical that happens. People don't, I have never seen it happen where somebody who, who has that kind of welcoming sort of energy around um, somebody else's uncomfortable emotions,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, where they are met with more anger. It's almost always like just such a relief to have somebody who is willing to listen and to be with you as you're feeling those emotions. Yes. And, you know, I think about like our, our animal friends, especially horses, but, but if you have, if you have, you know, cats or dogs, or you've ever been around a cat or a dog when you've been feeling sad, Mm -hmm. they don't come over and try to like, here, let's talk about this. Let's fix it or or get defensive and explain to you why, you know, it's not their fault that you're feeling how you're feeling, yeah. um, or any of that kind of stuff. They just are there with you. You know, they maybe they'll they'll put their head on your lap or they'll, you know, they'll if they're a cat, like they'll purr and, you know, curl up next to you or on your lap or that kind of thing. Like they're they just are willing to be there with you wherever you are. And oh, there's something
0: how funny jenna
1: that you just said that i have to just say this about two days ago i had a massive fever and mm-hmm. our dog is not allowed to sleep on our bed because mm-hmm. my, my husband stays awake he hears his uh his licking himself <laughs> It's like i cannot handle i cannot sleep. well don't you know that he he literally sneaked into oh. our bed and mm-hmm. by the time and he came to my side and by the time either one of us noticed he was on our bed it was already <laughs> six o'clock in the morning <laughs> exactly what you're saying it yeah. was a fever yes. he knew that something was different this time about me mm-hmm. and he managed to just go up the stairs and very quietly just say you need me and yeah. he was and he spent the whole night with us.
2: Aww. <laughs> and then how did you feel the next morning?
1: I was amazed. I was cured. <laughs> I mean, I'm They're magic. the fever was yeah. gone. Of course, the sniffle and the aches and whatnot yeah. of the flu, but act- the actual flu was gone. Yeah. And there's so much, so much information, mm-hmm. not even information, uh, being, just yes. being yes. that yes. exists within animals. Yes. Sacred. It truly is
2: sacred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Sorry to have interrupted, Jenna. But I don't no, know. Say that as you kept talking about animals.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're uh, You know. Um, I mean, I'm I'm an animal lover, and so I I definitely um, tend to see things through the lens of um, you know all of the the miracles and magic that they bring, um, but. You know, in general, I think even if you're not that into animals, <laughs> one is not that into animals. I think that there's still a lot that we can learn from them about how to um how to have healthier, happier, more successful, more authentic communities and relationships and you know um, uh, interactions and um and I think that's one of them, you know, being able to, to be with.
1: Which, which brings me to the title of your book, <laughs> Away From a Horse's Mouth. Yes. Secrets that take your love life from me to magical. Mm-hmm. So yep. you said it yourself there, mm-hmm. not everybody is a, a lover of animals. Right. how, if reading this title of this book, tell us how it has not, how, how can it help us if we have no interest with animals whatsoever and in how does it help us in our personal life? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about this, about your book and the title, of course, because that's what's leading to this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's, it, um, I wrote this book in a lot of ways as a way of, of honoring my horse Jove who um, who really uh, in so he was my friend and he was um, my guide in a lot of ways and he was my teacher certainly and he um, uh, it, you know was he was my business partner <laughs> I often described him as my business partner because of the sessions that we did together and um, you know, him coming into my life was what started me on my path to, to become, um, a a healer and a coach and, uh, and entrepreneur. And, um, so he, uh, he changed everything for me when he came into my life. And, um, and he changed things for my clients as well. you know whenever a client would have a session with him, they would come out of it very different. And so, when he died in two thousand and sixteen mm-hmm. um I can't believe it's been almost two years. It's crazy. <laughs> like it just, sometimes it feels like it was twenty years ago, and sometimes it feels like it was just yesterday. But um, after he died i I started writing um, a series of articles that just so that I could really make sure that I didn't lose, you know, that his wisdom wasn't like lost to the, you know, the dust of time or whatever, you know, I wanted to make sure. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that that kind of, um, ephemeral fleeting something was somehow brought down into a a more like physical manifestation so I started writing and I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with the stuff that I was writing but I was kind of putting it out there and then it occurred to me that it really needed to be a book and I really wanted more people to have access to this wisdom because um because not everybody can hang out with horses every day and you know, get their wisdom directly. So, so I wrote this book as a, a way of um, encapsulating Jove's teachings about relationships, about the way that we interact with others. So I talk about our energy and learning how to do what I call the energetic dance with, with your partner. And um, the idea of you know the way that your perspective shapes everything that you experience and um, how to ask high quality questions and the the role that those questions play and and what unconditional love is and what boundaries are and how to set them. and um, you know all of these these things that i I learned be, through my experiences with him. Um, and so it's you know, I talk about each of these subjects and then, at the end of each chapter, I have what's called horse wisdom in action. And so it's, sometimes it's like journal prompts and sometimes it's actual like, you know, um, activities that you can do so that you can get the benefit of Mm. um, incorporating this wisdom into your own life, into your own relationships. And, um, and it was, it was such a, um, Sort of transformative experience to write about all of this stuff for me personally, and um, and I, I, you know, I've had feedback from people who read it who were like, you know, I never had a session with Jove, but I kind of feel like I did <laughs> because of reading this book and and interacting with with the horse wisdom in action section. So uh, becomes
1: alive. It sounds like yeah, it's very interactive. The yes, book as well. Yes, is always so so important Mm -hmm. um when reading a book that's going to help you close the gap between where you are at Mm -hmm. and where you want to be and you wish you can be yeah that is really important yeah yeah well oh my god jenna this is so wonderful (laughs) I, i i also um you're amazing at creating authentic communities. And we just spoke about, you know, Facebook communities yes. and, and, and being a safe place, mm-hmm. and being able to speak and, and, and whether, whatever those emotions are that comes up, mm-hmm. you hold space for that. Mm-hmm. You've created a beautiful, interactive and connected community on Facebook. Yes. Yes. Can you please tell us a little bit more about that? And of course, we're going to, for our listeners. We're going to put that link on the episode page. So uh, please tell us.
2: Yeah. Well, it's called the Everlasting Love Club, and um, it, I created it. I had a session with a client, and she was saying that you know she was just so excited to finally be part of. The Everlasting Love Club, and I was like, "Wait, what did you just say?" Like it just because <laughs> I had been trying to come up with a name for this community that I was wanting to create, and um, I hadn't created it yet. And when she said that, it was like, oh, "That's so totally <laughs> the name of the thing." Um, and I was like, "Can I use that?" And she was like, "Yeah." So um, anyway, so I created the Everlasting Love Club as a um, a, a place where. Um, I could really start to develop a community of, of strong self-empowered women and women to me is trans and non-binary inclusive. It's, it's not just, you know, um, cis women, yeah. um, who, who are ready to, to manifest true authentic love in their lives. And that's whether they're already in a relationship and it just isn't, it, it, it isn't feeling the way that they want it to feel or know that it can feel or whether they're single and um, ready to create more love, whatever that looks like for them, whether that's finding a partner who, you know, they're going to spend the rest of their lives with or um, or just being able to enjoy their love life again. Mm-hmm. So um, so we've created this really lovely, safe, nurturing space where um, I'm in there Every day, and some days, you know, I do kind of um, fun, silly things like um, like GIF threads, where you know we talk about a certain topic, but only with GIFs, which I think is fun. GIFs, GIFs. I never really know how to say that. Anyhow, um, and then other days, like I have um, Sundays, I do what I call Sunday Love sessions, which is where I do live. Group coaching, um, and you know, people can come in and talk about whatever is up for them. And I um, do coaching, and we have we have a lot of fun, and we go to a lot of real, awesome, vulnerable, powerful places together. Um, I do free horse wisdom readings with the, um, the way of the horse deck, which is oh, a very popular thing that happens on Wednesdays. So there's just a lot of great stuff happening in the group. And a lot of, um, a, a lot of women who are really like doing the work, you know, they're, they're really wanting to, um, to connect in, in a, a Deep way, and they 're really wanting you know they're there for each other and they support each other and there's no there's none of that like catty, ugly snippy stuff that i've seen happen in other groups um it's it's just really a lovely, safe container that, yeah that we've created there so i I definitely want to if that's something that resonates for you you know for your listeners yeah I, I extend, a, you know, the warmest of welcomes. Oh, um, I would love to have you in that group. If this well, all feels like right for you.
1: Absolutely. For our listeners, there's going to be two links here. And uh, we're coming up at the end of this uh, interview. I mean, we can talk for longer. But <laughs> we we <Yeah>. do. But <gasps> our listeners, that link on her Facebook Uh, private group is going to the everlasting love club. That link will be right there underneath Mm -hmm. uh, Jana's bio as well as a beautiful free gift that we have from Jana. Mm -hmm. Jenna, it is such a pleasure to have you. And, um, I, I definitely see you coming back to, uh, to have you again and to specifically speak about certain topics that are really related to, um, relationship with body image mm-hmm. for women who have had emotional eating and eating disorders as yes. well, which yes. would be such a pleasure to have you. And thank you so very much.
2: Oh, it really, it was totally my pleasure. I, I always love talking with you. And I, I'm, again, I'm so honored that you, that you invited me to be part of your world and your community.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. It really is a gift. It's really good <laughs> having you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Take
1: care. Bye-bye.